There we go. Outstanding. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, welcome, 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 everybody. I'm Don Wright with First Team America Patriot Network. We've got a fantastic guest that was on our program last year, uh, Mike McCormick, an author and former stenographer for three vice presidential administrations, um, Cheney, Biden, and Pence. And uh, Mike has got a phenomenal story. If you haven't seen his book or read his book yet, Joe Biden Unauthorized, I I uh, implore you to get it. You can, Mike will tell you where you can buy it from his website. It's on Amazon, a few other choices. But if you really want to see a, a good, uh, unbiased perspective into, into what Mike witnessed during his time and, and learn about some of the, uh, the shady stuff that happens. And, and then also there's some good stories in there on uh, things that uh, you wouldn't realize was, was part of a normal day occurrences. Mike traveled the world with each of the VPs and uh, was the uh, responsible for uh, taking notes uh, during public public events. And as such, Mike witnessed some incredible things. I, I tell you, Mike, one of my favorite chapters in your book, although I enjoyed the entire book, it was so riveting, was uh, a title called Biden Bitch Slapped. Bitch slapped. Um, and yeah, I right. talk today. It's just the funniest title, too. But I've told all my friends about that. And and it's amazing that even though uh, the Biden uh, uh, vice president regime was a few years back, it's amazing to see what you witnessed and how the pieces of that game and what was attempted during those times uh, is continuing to this day. You and I spoke a bit about the crisis at the border during our last podcast. And you had some some insights into that. But today, again, let's let's focus on the Ukraine and uh, what you saw, what you witnessed and where you think this is headed. I'm going to give you the floor and I'm going to share the screen for the audience so that they can see uh, your your Substack here. But go ahead, Mike, if you would give us a bit of your backstory and then take the floor. Great. Thanks, Don. And it's great talking with you and and getting back in touch with people. So yeah, I wrote this book, uh, Joe Biden and Authorized in 2020 Crack Up of the Democratic Party. And I wrote it almost, I, I was in the thick of working on it two years ago. So 2019, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, two years ago, 2019, COVID was just starting to rumble at the fringe of what we were doing. And what I did was I was wrapping up uh, it was the second book I've written about my time at the White House as a stenographer. And I was a stenographer in the White House press office. So I worked behind the scenes with the press. Anytime a, a president or vice president would have interaction with the press, an interview, the press briefings in the, pre in the White House briefing room, I, <clears throat> I, a member of our office, there were six of us in the office at the time, would record it and then turn it into a transcript for media transcription. As you can imagine, I worked for Joe Biden for six years. As you can imagine, that was not an easy job being his stenographer. And we're hearing about it now. And, you know, what I told, I got, I got some, uh, when a, the book, so I finished the book up just before COVID hit. It didn't get much play. I basically wrote it saying, hey, look, there's no way Joe Biden's going to be president. He's not going to be the president. Because at the time, I thought we were going to have a reasonable election with reasonable people. And that's not what happened. Right. And in the interim, what we found out, not only about Joe Biden, but the Democratic Party, 
and Joe Biden's son, Hunter, through our understanding of this Hunter Biden laptop is just absolutely disgusting. It disgusts me where our, our, the White House is right now. The White House that I used to work in and believed in is, it's awful. <clears throat> so I've started writing this, this substack because about three months ago, somebody gave me access to the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, MarcoPoloUSA.org, that's uh, a, a guy named Garrett Ziegler, had, the lap, had access to the laptop at the end of the Trump administration. And he got in touch with me after he read my book and he said, look, you should be looking through this laptop to see the overlaps that you can find because you were there. And I was like, yeah, I do. Right. I do know there's going to be some stuff in there. So I've been looking at the laptop for a few months and I started writing a sub stack on what I've looked at. Last week, I read uh, Amanda Devine's book, uh, The Laptop from Hell. She did a great job and she has, and I actually wanted to wait to talk too much about what I knew in the laptop because I wanted to see what she had. So she has a lot of stuff about Hunter and Joe in China and Hunter and Joe. But what was really interesting to me was she doesn't really tie Joe into it. And that's what I found. I've been finding things that tie Joe into it and I'm putting it into my sub stack. And if you go back to my book, Don, and you, you were talking about this. Um, I did a whole chapter on the Burisma, Joe and Hunter and Burisma. And one of the things that I had in that book that no one's really talked about is the connection between what Obama knew about what Joe was doing, what Obama and his advisors knew in April 2014 about what Joe and Hunter were doing. And there's a lot of stuff now on the Substack that I've written that really start to open people's eyes. Right. So I'll start talking about my latest Substack, and then I'll, I'll give you guys a quick look through the Hunter Biden laptop. I have this copy sitting right here in front of me. So going to the, uh, the Substack, what I found was I started looking for, you know, Joe Biden, it turns out, is an inveterate liar. He lies about everything. And so <clears throat> I started looking back at I went through White House records. I went through visitor logs. I looked at what I knew from being an eyewitness to a lot of things. I traveled with Joe Biden to Ukraine three times. And I also looked at uh, other media things that I know I've heard him say, but nobody reported on it at the time. That was my job was to be there with the reporters. I'd hear him say something weird and no one would put it in the newspapers or at least the Washington Post or the New York Times wouldn't put it in newspapers. Sometimes conservative people uh, put it in their reporting, but then it was ignored. So Mike, that's what's in the laptop. I guarantee you that your job, that, yeah. that people have, uh, even diehard liberals that I know have watched Joe on camera. And I can't imagine the challenges of your job at that time to try to piece together something coherent from what he, what he bumbles through and comes from left field with stuff. So I'm sure the, the viewers realize yeah. how challenging that was and how much stuff you actually heard there that you just sit there going, what the hell was that? Yeah. And, you know, he's here. This is real important to understand about Joe Biden. He's about half where he was either even four years ago. Yeah. And on the Substack, I've got uh, an audio clip. 
there's two um, Ukraine stories. I started, I stumbled across a, uh, a video that the White House made of a Joe Biden trip to Ukraine in 2015. This is December 2015. Well, this is a trip where he threatens the Ukrainian government with withholding aid if they don't fire the general prosecutor Shokin. And so that's the one that Donald Trump wanted looked into that got Donald Trump two years ago at this time. I'm working on this book about Joe Biden and they were impeaching Joe Biden. I mean, I'm sorry, they were impeaching Donald Trump over this crooked thing that Joe Biden did. And I was there. So I find this video and I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. We got to look at this. And the stuff that's in the video, looking at it, knowing what I know now, after what I read in Amanda, uh, the laptop from hell's book. And also the, la the laptop that I see in front of me, Joe Biden was on that trip. And right now he was on that trip covering his tracks of corruption in Ukraine. And right now, this invasion force that's massing at the Ukrainian border, it disgusts me to say it may be something that Joe has to agree to, to cover his tracks, oh. to cover his corruption there. And that's going to be in a further Substack uh, posting. So I'll start with the Ukrainian story. The, the I'll give the the first one I wrote. It's called it's on my um, it's called the laptop midnight in the laptop of good and evil. It's on Substack. If you if you uh, search on Substack for midnight laptop, you'll get to me. Or right. you can go to the directly to it. It's w w. I mean, sorry. It's m McCormick, M-M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K dot substack dot com. And that'll get you there. So the first one I have is called uh, supplement, Ukraine Supplemental. So I find this video that, that Joe did, that the White House did on Joe in 2015. And the first point I make is, hey, look, this is weird. Joe Biden was very, uh, he was basically ignored for the first six or seven years of, of the Obama administration. I mean, you have to go back in time. So this is seven years ago, six, seven years ago. If you go back in time eight years ago, you have to remember what an amazing Hollywood icon Barack Obama was. Right. I mean, he was the, the almighty world ruler, really. I mean, just world famous everywhere and adored. There was nothing that guy could do wrong. And Joe Biden lived in his shadows and didn't like it. That's part of where the corruption comes from. Oh, okay. So on this trip to Ukraine, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine. He started going there in 2014. And um, then he goes back in 2015. What I have in 2014, you can read in the book, is pretty good detail about Joe, how he connects with it into Ukraine, and how he really installed Hunter into this job. Hunter didn't get into this job the way he said he did. And the lies upon lies that Hunter tells, he learned how to tell from his father, an inveterate liar, Joe Biden, who's now our president. And it disgusts me to say that. Yeah. Um, so the video that I found was basically it's about five minutes long. And it's like a quickie, really cool travelogue. Joe Biden, 36 hours in Ukraine, there to save the day. But knowing what I know, who was there and what really happened on the ground, it's, it's a very different approach. So the first thing is that there was even a video made. Joe Biden never got videos. All of a sudden in 2015, he's getting videos. And I explain why. 
because he had some key staffers who were on his staff who moved up into being the communication staff of Obama. At the end of the administration, a lot of former Joe Biden people moved across West Exec. They go into the West Wing, and all of a sudden you start hearing about the bromance between Joe and Barack. Well, that's where it came from. And it wasn't real. It's not really true. And what you're seeing now in the way the Biden handlers versus the Biden insiders, there's a real tension there because Joe and Joe and Barack don't really like each other. And that's starting to come out. That's this whole tension between Barack Obama's chosen person uh, for vice president, Kamala Harris, and Joe Biden. There's a Biden faction and there's a Harris faction in the White House. And the old tension between the Obama people and the Biden people is starting to, to bubble up. So back to this laptop, there's a video of uh, Joe Biden going there. He does some meetings. He does this uh, scene out on the Maidan. There's a, uh, a shrine there, basically. There was a bunch of people, there were protesters in the Maidan in uh, February, 2014. And all of a sudden they started getting killed shot, murdered by snipers that were sent there by the then Ukrainian president Yanukovych. He was a Putin puppet. Joe Biden, according to him, which I heard him say as a stenographer, I heard him say this many times to uh, 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 several audiences. Joe Biden, I got on the phone, says Joe. I got on the phone and he called Yanukovych. And he tells Yanukovych, stop shooting or you're going to face a war crimes tribunal like they had for the guys in Serbia. The shooting stops, Yanukovych flees the country. This is real important to understand, and this is what's in the second Ukraine supplemental posting that I put. Joe Biden's the only one that's ever told us what happened in that phone call. We saw minutes of the phone call, and if you read the book, uh, Joe Biden Unauthorized, there's a timeline in the back of what happened with Joe in Ukraine. And I've got the date of the phone call at February 20th, 2014. That's real important. And what's real important, if you're really understanding the corruption of Joe Biden and, the, and his son, Hunter, is this timeline, because it's starting to fill in with stuff I'm finding in the laptop. And the suspicions that I had in that timeline are borne out by what I'm finding in the laptop. So he makes this call. And then let, yeah. me, let me ask you a question real quick, because I recall following that back during the Obama Biden time. And uh, I think it was Newland who was the ambassador in charge of the affairs over there. And they had just begun uh, uh, fighting and, uh, or, or sorry, lobbying for what, what was it? Five to 7 billion for Ukraine during that time. Is that playing into what you're finding out? So um, there was a famous leaked uh, phone conversation between Victoria Newland and the then uh, Ambassador of Russia, was it? No, I think it was uh, Ambassador of Ukraine, Pyatt. Jeffrey Pyatt was the ambassador of Ukraine then. And they're talking about this Maidan revolution. And they're basically saying, you know, we like what's happening. These are the guys we want to go in to head the government when the revolution succeeds. So basically, the phone call was leaked and people are still wondering who leaked it. It's not really cleared up. They think it was the Russians. And, and by the way, because it embarrassed, embarrassed Newland, it embarrassed Obama's 
foreign policy team. Right. And so, you know, basically the leak was, hey, look what they're doing. They're trying to install their government instead of what the Ukrainian people want. The guy they wound up installing is a guy named Yatsenyuk. He became uh, the prime minister of Ukraine in like March, sort of named with Joe Biden's help. The number you talked about, Kerry was going over there with a billion dollar loan guarantee. So Senator John Kerry goes over there with a billion dollar loan guarantee in like March. Right. That's right when Putin invades Crimea, right? Putin invades Crimea and sends his his. Uh, you know, support in for the separatists in the Donetsk region of eastern Ukraine. That's the region that's now being threatened, the Donetsk region. And this is real important because you want to know where all of Burisma, Burisma uh, Holdings ga- natural gas deposits are? They're under the ground in Donetsk. Okay. Bingo. Yeah. So this is tied into what, what they're doing and why they're doing it. So in... Uh, 2015, 2014, sorry, Joe makes this call. We don't know who, who this call, if it even, we know what happened. There's White House records. There was like uh, readouts of the call Joe was having with this guy, um, not Yatsenyuk, I can't remember, it's like all these Ukrainian names. Uh, but anyway, the then president who fled. So then there's a vacuum. This guy Yatsenyuk gets installed. Putin comes in. On top of this, Hunter starts popping up. You want to know what happened a week before Joe made that phone call? Tell us. That's when the $3.5 million money transfer came from Moscow to Hunter and Chris Hines' business account. $3.5 million. February 14, 2014. So that happens in February 14, 2014. $3.5 million goes into a, a company they both were a part of, and that was flagged by the Senate investigation of Hunter Biden. And nobody really put the timeline together with what, what then Joe did, because Joe always said, hey, I didn't know anything about my son's business, and everyone bought that story. Yeah. But the lie is, Joe was in on it from the start. So this phone call, this, this money comes in. So why does Joe make the phone call? Is Joe making the phone call to save lives in Ukraine, or is Joe making the phone call to cover his tracks, cover the corruption. Because if that when that when that money transfer was made, it was flagged as suspicious. That flag goes to the Treasury Department. And the, uh, the Treasury Department is a stone's throw from the White House. I right. guarantee high-level people there said, wait a minute, this is Hunter Biden and Chris Hines. They walked across into the east, into the West exec. They went into the West Wing and they said, hey. There's a phone, there's a money transfer, three and a half million dollars that went into this company that's held by these guys. I guarantee the chief of staff of the White House knew. I guarantee Joe Biden was told. I guarantee Barack Obama was told. And Obama told probably Axelrod Pluff and Messina, his his advisors that come into play later, about two months later in the book. So Joe makes his call. The money comes in. Joe becomes the point man on Ukraine. He, but before he does that, he goes to Poland in the middle of March, 2014. One of the things I, the first things I did with a, a laptop was in the book, you'll read about this guy, Alexander Kwasniewski. At the time, nobody was talking about this guy, Alexander Kwasniewski. 
The guy they were talking about who got Hunter into Ukraine, into Burisma Holdings at first was a guy named Alan Apter. He was the chairman of the board. And he kind of came out publicly and said, hey, I, I, you know, I know this is a good thing for our board. We wanted Hunter, blah, blah, blah. He was kind of at first the face of the person that was recruiting Hunter. Alan Apter, I've gone through the laptop. Alan Apter's name doesn't appear but once. Huh. It appears only when he puts his resignation in from Burisma Holdings. There's a, there's a whole folder on the laptop uh, uh, desktop for Burisma Holdings. So, and you can do a search. You can search for, you know, Alan Apter. It comes up once. So whatever is in this laptop, and there's, there's a lot in there about Burisma and, and Hunter and his buddy, Devin Archer. They didn't have much to do it with uh, um, Apter. I also searched for Chris Hines. His name hardly comes up. He's their business partner. His name hardly comes up. And in May, in May of 2014, so this is two months after this, Three and a half million dollar, or three months after this two and a half million dollar, three and a half million dollar uh, money transfer comes in, he's done. He bails on the association, business association with Hunter and Devin Archer. He's out, and he's basically a smart one. He's the clean one. He's a smart one. You know, there's there's no bad reflections on what Chris Hines has done. His integrity is intact. Not so with Hunter and Devin Archer. Devin right. Archer, by the way, the, the third partner in that threesome. He's a convicted felon right now. He's looking at a serious prison term. I'm not sure if he's been sentenced yet, but that's where he is. He had his conviction overturned for a little while. It was reinstated last uh, fall, right before the election. So now, you know, there's questions over what happens with Devin Arch. What was his so we're back to Devin? Uh, Devin Archer and, and another guy, I believe his name is Bevan Cooney started a side hustle where they um, defrauded the Oglala Sioux Nation out of like $60 million. They did like a, a, a bond offering and basically pocketed the money and didn't give it to the, to the Sioux Nation right. as they had, had promised. And, and by the way, he's working on this in March 2014. So as all this is happening with Hunter and Burisma, he's got a side hustle that earns him a felony conviction. So we're talking about birds of a feather. We're talking about the real so, mafia here, aren't we? Dollar amounts. We're talking about the... We're getting deep into it. A global mafia. Yeah, we're getting deep into it. Well, I, I'm going to make a prediction. I'll let you get back at this. I'm going to predict at the end of Biden's term, uh, Mr. Archer gets a pardon as well as the others in this cabal. But go ahead. Well, I mean, the thing is, he can get pardoned any time. It doesn't have to be at the end. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that are, are believing that's going to happen. Um, so we're back to March 2014, mid-March. Joe goes to Poland. And in Poland, it's not clear. He, I, I think there's an overlap between him. I put this in my book. There's an overlap between him and this guy, Kwasniewski. So Alan Apter is not the guy that got Hunter into Burisma. And... But if you look in the laptop and you, like I did this, I searched Kwasniewski, there's a, all, the, all the back and forth between Hunter and Devin and Burisma goes through a guy named um, Vadin, 
Podarsky, Podarsky, something like that. He's pretty, he's uh, prominently discussed in um, the Laptop from Hell book by Miranda Devine. And I'll be doing more on him. But he's like the go-between. He's, a, he's the, the um, first assistant for Kwasniewski. Basically, you search for Kwasniewski, this guy's name comes up. Because everything he does with Hunter and, and Devin Archer, and it's basically everything that they do with Joe is done with this guy, Vadim. He also copies Kwasniewski. So Kwasniewski is the name behind this face that's there on the ground with these guys. So Kwasniewski and Joe might have gotten together in Poland. That's my suspicion. There's more coming. There'll be more in my uh, uh, Substack briefings about other stuff that happened in mid-March that ties very suspicious Hunter and other uh, corporate entities into the Burisma grab. So then we go into early April. Basically, and, and basically what happened was um, uh, in early March, because the Ukrainian government was, was evaporating, the United Kingdom serious fraud office saw a very suspicious money transfer leaving London, BNP Paribas Bank in London, was shipping money to uh, Cyprus out of a Burisma Holdings account, $23 million. So they, they, they said, well, suspicious, let's look at this. They, they stopped it in its tracks. April 15th, that, that funds gets officially frozen by a court in uh, the Ukraine. So, and you, I mean, sorry, in England, there's, there's an English court. They say, okay, freeze this transfer. Yes, we agree with the series fraud office. This looks sketchy. April 15th, it's official. The judge puts down the gavel on it. Don't forget, England is six hours ahead of us. April 15th is when Devin Archer makes an appointment to come visit Joe Biden in his West Wing office. That's April 15th, 2014. The, the, the uh, uh, meeting is set for April 16th, 2014. There's email traffic in the laptop about, hey, we want to do a board. Uh, my son, Devin Archer says, my son has, wants to do a book report. Luke, my son Luke wants to do a book report and meet with, with the vice president. Is that okay? And Hunter says, oh yeah, and definitely have me there. I want to be there as part of it. So then there's a, a scheduling thing that I found where they're meeting in a coffee shop across the street at like 11.15. The vice president's staff knows about this because there's a note in their itinerary schedule to Hunter from his office that says, oh, this person at the West Wing knows if you have trouble getting in. The reason they met at the coffee shop is if Hunter walks in the door of the West Wing, there's no record of it. He's a, he's a Secret Service protectee. So he can walk up to the gate of the White House without having an appointment and walk through and there's no record of it. If he gets driven in by a, uh, like a Secret Service detail as part of like a, a car transfer, there's gonna be a radio log of it. So they know, don't go in with a car drive, go in on foot. Uh, Devin Archer and his son Luke show up in the visitor logs. That's in the book. And in the book, I raised the question, was Hunter there? Well, Hunter wanted to be there, and Hunter had it on his schedule to be there. 
And there's a video that was posted, I think by Devin Archer, was posted later by a guy named Adam Entis, who was a writer for The New Yorker. After the, uh, in 2020, early, uh, mid-September, the Senate put out this report that had all this sort of, you know, pointed this out. And they pointed out this meeting. Well, Adam Entis, who was a reporter for The New Yorker, who had done a big interview with Devin Archer and, and uh, Hunter Biden, got a hold of a video and posted on Twitter. Basically, it was Luke Archer with the vice president in the vice president's ceremonial office on that date. And they're saying, hey, they said it was a big deal. It was just he was just here for an art project. Oh, God. That's not yeah. what it was. Yeah. Let my money loose. So. So. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. So April 16th, they start getting paid, right? That's when they get officially put on, sort of unofficially put on to the Burisma board, April 16th. Money starts going into uh, Hunter Biden and um, Devin Archer's accounts from Burisma. And it actually, and there's another uh, law firm that Hunter was with that starts getting money from Burisma. Joe goes to Ukraine on April 20th. What I have in my book is a series of meetings that happens on April 16th and 15th. So Joe has these guys in his office on April 15th, April 16th, mid, mid morning. First thing that morning, David Axelrod is trying to have a meeting with Joe and nab ops. And it's not clear from visitor logs or anybody's testimony since, because nobody's really looked into it, if he actually did have the meeting. He's on the list for having had a meeting. He might have been blown off. He might have gone in. It's hard to tell from the way the visitor logs are structured because they basically have just his name. They have the date and they have the uh, place that he was going and what he was doing, breakfast meeting. So if he was there, it looks like he was there and somebody deleted out some information of exactly when he was there and when he left. Right. Or if he wasn't there, it looks like he made the appointment and he never showed up but he did have the appointment that followed a meeting that was held in the West wing. This is what's in the, uh, the book and in specifically in the uh, timeline in the back that followed a, a meeting in the West wing that included Obama, Axelrod, Plouffe and Messina at four o'clock in the Roosevelt room um, on April 15, 2014. And the thing that I make a big deal about in the book was Joe and his buddies, Joe and his, staffers weren't there that day. So they had this meeting knowing that Joe was doing, starting to do some really sketchy stuff with Ukraine, knowing that they could get together in that environment without Joe being around. They could do it because he was up in Boston talking about uh, the one year anniversary of the Boston Marathon bombing. So April 15th, April 16th happens. They have this meeting, Joe, they go into the West Wing. That's documented. Four days later, Joe is in, uh, he's in Ukraine with this package. So going back to this, this sub stack that I wrote, you know, there's this video of Joe then in 2015, and it shows him um, basically on, on the Maidan talking about this great feat that he did. He saved all these lives. But, you know, we have this phone call. And, and that happened after Hunter got all this money from, I mean, basically it was like a henchman for Putin. So now we have all these, these Ukrainian troops that are standing there, they're fighting in Donetsk. 
they've been fighting this separatist movement for for months. What happened when um, Putin invaded? There were a lot of Western oil companies that had gas leases, natural gas leases, because it's all fracking. They had fracking leases to do fracking in the eastern uh, Donet in the eastern region of Ukraine, Donetsk area. Well, they said, "Well, we got to get rid of these. You know, there, there's going to be an invasion here. There's a war here. We can't drill for gas. We can't frack gas in the middle of a war zone. What do we do? Guess who wound up with the leases? Burisma Holdings. They got them on like super cheap, right? So Joe's in the middle of this. He's got Burisma." This is a really big thing that I talk about in the book. A month after Hunter uh, has this meeting in the White House with his dad, Joe goes to Cyprus. Well, that's where the $23 million that was heading from London was going to Cyprus. Joe goes in 2015. Uh, so what happened was there's a there's a a prosecutor's office in Ukraine in 2014. And they basically didn't do anything to try to stop this fraud. And by the time they get to uh, December 2014, they're like, the uh, serious fraud office goes, we need evidence. And the uh, Ukrainian prosecutor at the time, it wasn't this guy Shokin, it was a different guy, comes in and he goes, you know what, this stuff is, uh, it's not relevant because we, we have looked at this and we don't think it's relevant. We think this guy, uh, um, Mykola Zlachewski, the head of Ukrainian, I mean, of Burisma Holdings, uh, was transferring this money and he's not somebody we're worried about. And so the, the, the English, the fraud office goes, wait a minute, hold on. Are you kidding me? Okay, well, so they let the money go. They said, we don't have any evidence. Money goes back. The money, $23 million goes to Cyprus in January 2015, January 2015. So Joe goes there in December 2015, a year later, because the prosecutor who replaces the dirty prosecutor that got, you know, let the money go for Burisma, is it is that's Shokin? So Shokin gets his job. Everyone's up in up in up in arms. Why is this guy Shokin? I mean, why does this, this prosecutor do do that and let Burisma off the hook? We've got to get a prosecutor in there who can get him. So Shokin goes in there and he starts telling them, "Hey, look, we're going to look into Burisma. We're looking into Hunter Biden." By then, everybody knows Hunter Biden is on this thing. Meanwhile, what's in the laptop? Hunter Biden in 2015 is already sleeping with his dead brother's wife. Gosh. He's a serious crack addict. And it's just, it's out of control. And Joe goes over there trying to make it look like he's the hero. And it's a complete and utter debacle. So, so Mike, that's, those are all the this. elements that we're looking at. One of the things that you mentioned with Joe going back to, going back to Cyprus after the money was released in January, if I follow you correctly, you know, traditionally, if you're going to do $23 million, you just can't fly commercially and bring that cash with you. So if you're flying Air Force Two, you can put it in there. Nobody's checking it. Nobody's looking at it. And he can do with what he wants once he brings it back to the States. Right. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. And it's interesting because I, 
I was looking through the, uh, so the Senate reporting on this, the Senate did this report and they footnoted one interesting thing and not a lot of people talk about it, but the, the April 30th, so this is after Joe has left, uh, after Joe has left Ukraine with his big trip and he was there to promote energy security, but he didn't go there specifically with money. He just went there with these teams. He's talking about these teams on the ground and we're going to help. And they talk about helping with fracking. And by the way, his national security advisor at the time was Jake Sullivan. Uh, Name sound familiar, right? Yeah. He's his national security advisor. He's the guy. He walks to the back of the plane. I have this in the book. Jake Sullivan walks to the back of the plane and talks about, we really have to help the Ukrainians with uh, non-traditional natural gas techniques. He's talking about fracking. He's talking yeah. about Burisma. And the press are just like, oh, okay, right? It's right there in front of them. And they don't get it. They don't think about it. It's in the transcript. It's in my book. So Joe, so in the beginning, uh, April 30th, 2014, Mykola Zlachewski transfers $12 million from an account that he had with his, he's got a bunch of companies. He's like Hunter Biden. They got all these companies. He's got a company called Brasidi Investments. He transfers $12 million from Brasidi Investments to Burisma in Cyprus. Three weeks later, Joe's in Cyprus. <laughs> and I'll have a really interesting thing to tell you about something I found on a laptop when Joe was in uh, Ukraine about his connection that puts Hunter in it, Hunter's understanding of what, ha what should happen in Cyprus. So that's coming in the Substack pretty soon but i can't do nice. it right away because i got on this i got on this thing with this video and there's more in the video so more in the video the next thing i'm going to be writing about is the way the that trip in 2015 so all this corruption happens in 2014 and joe starts covering his tracks that that's what this trip is he brings the uh foreign service officers that are there in ukraine and are there in the Obama administration into the, into the corruption. I don't think they knew about it, but I think they heard from Joe, we want to do this, and they followed their marching orders, and they didn't ask. But what Joe was doing was getting rid of this guy Shokin. We got to get rid of the corruption in this prosecutor general's office. We're going to go in 2015, and we're going to get rid of him. And that's what he did. And that's what uh, Trump was saying, hey, man, there's something really smelly about this whole deal. What's going on? And that's when they said, oh, no, we got to we got to impeach him. He's using leverage over a foreign country. You know, he can't. do yeah. that. But it was really all to cover Joe's tracks. This is just so there's funny. a lot more. There'll be more. Yeah, You'll, you can look, you can watch the whole video on Substack. There's two posts I did. Both of them have the video and they also have uh, the first Sub, it's called uh, Ukraine Supplement Number One. It has the clip that shows Joe in that um, uh, the TV sort of presentation he did, where he started bragging about it. That's what uh, in, in the uh, what was it the Foreign Foreign Policy Institute or something like that. I, I'm sorry, the name escapes me right now. But anyway, uh, Joe's on this clip, and if you look at the clip, you you will see how deteriorated Joe Biden has gotten. In oh, this yeah. clip, he's a pretty interesting guy, yeah. you know? And that was only, that was 2018. That was only four years ago. It was like January, 2018.
four it's years cognitive ago. uh faculties and and awareness and ability to to form a set uh, a three uh, three sentences together that that follow each other or congruent is really lacking so mike let me ask you this you know i've always i've always felt and, and again, I used to be in the pro-war crowd years ago and I didn't know any better, but I really, it, it really seems the uh, smoking gun here that, that what, what Joe was doing was, hey, I'm going to get you an aid package of a couple billion, but I need 23 million or more. Uh, I, I think we're seeing a lot of yeah. repatriation of U.S. taxpayer funds sent overseas for benevolent missions and democracy that come back through backdoor channels. Right. And this this one screams of of uh, of money of, of bringing in cat, cold hard cash through the the use of U.S. government uh, uh, planes. I mean, <laughs> this could yeah. This is one hell of a sordid detail. Yeah, no, he you know I mean I say that in the book. Joe Biden committed malfeasance in office, and confessions are all that's missing. But these are impeachable offenses, and. You know, there's a conspiracy between Obama, Axelrod, Plouffe, Messina, Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, Joe Biden, that extends into all the all the way through uh, 2019, because that's how how long Hunter Biden stayed on that board. And the only thing that's missing is the connection between who installed Hunter Biden Joe did with Kwasniewski. How do we find that out? And did Joe get his hands on a bunch of money when he went to Cyprus in 2014? Because he was there. And, you know, Hunter went back over there a year later. They had the Burisma board meeting in Cyprus in 2015. So Joe was there in 2014. Hunter was there in 2015. Wow. I tell you what. His... Uh, you... I've done so much detailed work into this. You, I mean, it's it's clear from the way you're explaining it that this this holds water. This is this has substance not only from your involvement there, but in your research. Um, here's here's a question for you, Mike. And I we had communicated on this before the show. You know, you would think, and especially when you mentioned Treasury and my background in export compliance, state Treasury commerce, there's a paper trail on a lot of this stuff. What is just absolutely right. unbelievable is how these type of actions, given the 17 agencies in charge of national security, from DNI to, to you know all kinds of different sub agencies, all tasked with the same purpose, tracking uh, uh, phone calls, communications, bank wires, all this stuff that the Bidens did escaped scrutiny. I find this entirely hard to believe. One of the things we asked Mike to look up and see what was, if it might be in that laptop too, is that the Bidens haven't operated alone and they have worked with compromised individuals through numerous government agencies. Uh, Mike, we talked about this the last time about Hunter Biden when he, when he got, uh, uh, couldn't pass a drug test for the press office job at Nor uh, uh, Norfolk Naval Air Station in the reserves or whatever the hell, heck, right. uh, the officer uh, uh, school. And uh, but yet Biden made some some talks about in the past of accessing intelligence, uh, military intelligence assets in Norfolk. And I'll leave the viewers or listeners in the know about who that may be. Uh, but it's just it, it just boggles me, Mike, to think that this level 
of corruption has escaped the top branches of our intelligence service tasked with keeping this nation safe and with with you know if you look at what the bidens have done who was who was a chinese guy that that is one of the the top uh uh military intelligence guys that, that hunter biden's tied to i mean it's just astounding right. yeah and that's yeah that's in that laptop from hell book uh uh, Miranda Devine did a great job lining out who Hunter was with in on the Chinese side of his business dealings. And I've got a lot more to say about Joe in China because I travel yeah. with him there. But that'll be in this this Substack. I really, I mean, ad, you know, advise your your readers if you want to read some real dirt on the Bidens and spread it around. Read the Substack. There's stuff that's coming out in there. It's irrefutable. It's backed up by Hunter Biden laptop stuff. And this, the Hunter Biden laptop is now uh, officially acceptable to media. Uh, my understanding is that the Washington Post has it now, and I'm sure most media outlets have it. Some outlets have had it for a long time. And they uh, are, you know, they've had it for a long time. And they, uh, I, I, think, I think some of them are holding back to see what comes out of it. Now, the Marco Polo uh, USA.org group, they're going to be putting out a big report on this. And right. what um, Garrett Ziegler is doing is he's an opposition research guy. Right. And so he's going to do a report. He said basically he's doing the um, uh, he, he's doing like the report on um, the Operation Hurricane that came out. And so. What he's going to do is he's going through and look. There it is. There's Marco Polo. Right. They're going to go through and they're going to pull out all the illegal, the criminality of that that Hunter Biden did with the gun charges, with the uh, human trafficking. I mean, when I go into the laptop, I don't even look at the gory, sordid, selfie porn that he put in there. And there's a lot of it. And it's just absolutely evil. Yeah. All I want to do with this laptop is connect figure out what part of it Joe knows about and pretends not to. And there's a lot of it. And there's a lot that's going to come out um, based on stuff that I saw that I now sort of put together. And, you know, the thing about Joe that we're learning is he says dumb stuff because he actually tells you the truth Yes. through stupidity. He basically, yeah. he basically tells you what he's not supposed to say. He always says what he's not supposed to say. Right. He's been doing it for years. And, and I'm the one that heard him say it all. And all of a sudden, I'm looking back at stuff going like, wait a minute, that's not true. And, you know, and our, there it is. There's all these lies. And there's a lot of them. And that's what's going to be in the Substack. You know, um, Midnight in, in the Laptop of Good and Evil is a Substack. Type. I tell you what, you, you, you've got so much great information. We want to get you back on for the, again, you know, just as you mentioned, remember when Biden admitted they put together the largest vote fraud yeah. <laughs> cabal, right. uh, something to that effect? Yeah. He, he's that guy. Which, right. Mike, let and, me ask and you that's this. Just, that's typical Joe. Who, who do you think is controlling the, him behind the scenes? Because what it is when he's, he walks out with these little note cards and he says, I can't take your questions. They won't let me. You know, who is you think Obama's controlling him or what is happening in your opinion? Well, I think we're starting to see the real crack up of the Democratic Party. 
in what's happening with Joe. Right. So I'll let you in on a couple of things. One, Joe always used to use cards like that. Even back, you know, 10 years ago, when I, when I first started working to him with him in 2011, he was using cards like that. And he would go out there and he would say that I can't talk to you guys. I'm just going to, you know, and I'm going to call on who they tell me. He sort of has always had this. My staff is telling me where to go and who to talk to and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of something that he's always said. And he always says goofy stuff that doesn't make sense to anyone basically but him or people that know him really well. So once you start to understand that, you know, like he said, uh, he was at Delaware State University college or university, which is a, a predominantly black school. I think it's a, a historically black college in Delaware. Right. And he said, you guys, I started with you. Well, a lot of people assume that meant that he went to school there, but that's not what he meant. What he meant was when he first started campaigning, he went to that college and he had a lot, he had a really good reception. So he started his political career there. So there's, you know, the way he says it is clumsy and people interpreted their way and not the way that you know he left open for interpretation so who's really handling joe joe's handling himself badly yeah. and it's being done in cahoots with uh ron Klain, tony blinken these are loyalists that's why um sullivan is on his staff i don't think uh, uh Vice President Harris has anything to say to anybody that they listen to in that White House. Oh, I think gosh, she's yeah. basically a hood ornament. You know, she's not she's not a participant. She's just sort of there as kind of decoration, really. It's kind of silly. Yeah. But that's typically what vice presidents do. And and she was given an assignment. She didn't really do it. I'm not sure why she didn't do it. But you know, if I'm a if I'm a Joe Biden loyalist and I say, you know. Uh, Vice President Harris get down to the border and solve that. And I look at how she did it. I'm not happy with that. You know, she's done a terrible job of that. So, you know, and they're and they're typical when the sink, ship is sinking, they're pointing fingers. I think Obama is going to really start to worry about Joe Biden's sinking numbers and what's coming. Right. And so, I don't think Obama is one of the one of the handlers. I think he thought he was one of the handlers. But really what you have is you have a core group of Biden loyalists, loyalists, the claims, the um, Blinkens, uh, there's the Donilon brothers, Mike and Tom Donilon. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard those names, but they're old time um, uh, um, advisors. Uh, Steve Ricchetti is, I think he's back in the White House as an advisor or he's a, he's a super high dollar uh, lobbyist, but he was a chief of staff during all this Burisma stuff. So they get rewarded by being part of the inner core, even though they're not specifically there in the White House at the time. You know, they're all, all, always only just a phone call away. Kaufman, there's a guy named Ted Kaufman. So these are the guys that are still sort of advising Joe. Uh, I think Joe has a fair say in things. Hunter gets no say. You know, he's like, just keep him out in California and out of trouble and hopefully he stays sober. That's all they're praying for. Well, I tell you we'll what, see how that winds up. You, you I hope listening to, and, and again for the listeners and viewers, go to this website, Marco Polo USA, check out Mike's Substack. It is it is just riveting. I listened to some of the video on this of Hunter whining to his girlfriend. And yeah. it's it is a a and you start to feel sorry for him to a certain point of how manipulative of, of an environment the kid grew up in. 
and how he feels unappreciated because right. daddy's got him going out collecting and and he's so stressed and he's right. got all this stuff going on. But I mean, it is it is riveting to hear him whine at his level. And yet, what is Hunter's big thing that he screwed up? He's the Fredo of the family, basically. Hunter's big thing, pay yeah. your laptop repair guy. Pay your, your baby's mama, you know, the, the stripper he had a kid with. Right. And it's just like they caught flack at the right. house because they didn't have the seventh uh, stocking up for uh, Hunter's illegitimate or, the uh, you know, their, their, uh, Biden's other granddaughter they don't want to acknowledge. And they finally pulled all those stockings down. Right. My gosh, the level <laughs> of corruption that, that continues to happen with this. But I point out to other people, too, that just like with the Epstein cases where Clinton went down, had a Secret Service detail, they just didn't abandon him at the at the gate and say, see you later, sir. We'll catch you on your way back. Those guys went with him. But, and I point this out to people. They send corrupted in, uh, agents and the Secret Service, they're a great organization, but they know who the bad guys are within there and they'll assign them to be the protectors. Same thing with Hunter Biden. You can't tell me that the deep protective detail that was assigned to Hunter didn't know about the, the buys of crack, coke, uh, the, the underage stuff going on. Right. And it's despicable to know that. And again, I'm sorry to go on my soapbox here. But on law and justice, as a, as a as a law officer first, they have to enforce the law. I don't know why there's this two systems of justice to where these powerful people get a bypass. And yet now we're seeing what is it? The new uh, 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 thing that Biden's going to catch billionaires through six hundred dollar increments. Meanwhile, here's twenty three million loaded on a, a uh, airplane, Air Force Two coming back into the U.S. through the Bidens. I mean, <laughs> right. You can't right. make this stuff. Yeah, up. no, and you know, and that's that's why I named the Substack "Midnight in the Laptop of Good and Evil" because the thing is, they think they're doing good. Yeah, I mean that's that's the really terrible part. I mean, I worked with these people, yeah. I was on there playing with them, and they either minute by minute, incrementally, were pulled into the evil that Joe was doing and didn't resist it. Or in some cases, they thought they were doing good. I mean, the next, uh, I'm writing another supplement, Ukraine supplement, based on this video of the foreign service officers and who was involved in that in Ukraine. Because all those people that were in Ukraine in the foreign service are the same ones that were involved in the testimony against Donald Trump as he's looking into it. Because the reason was Joe Biden was the um, uh, chairman of foreign foreign service committee or foreign intelligence committee. He was in charge of the pay raises for the foreign service officers for 30 years. So he was their best buddy. And every, you'll see it. And if you go to that video on the Substack, you'll see he does right. a stop in the embassy. He's hanging out with all their kids. That's how he gets them. Right. Because he does good things for them. And then, and then he says, hey, but you got to do this for me. And That's they're like, it. okay. It's, it's, that's the good and evil. And it looks like he's a good guy, but there's a reason underneath it. It's just like that. It's like that phone call to the Ukrainian, to the, you know, president that stopped the snipers. Did he do it because he was a good guy and wanted to save lives? Or did he do it because he was corrupt and he knew he had to cover for his corrupt son? That's Joe Biden. That's the real Joe Biden. That's the guy we have in the White House. We have to get the truth out.
Absolutely. We sure do. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, Mike McCormick, you can find his book, Joe Biden Unauthorized on Amazon. Uh, look, Google it. You can get it directly from Mike's site. Check out Mike's Substack. This is just riveting stuff and share this information. Um, as you guys know, First Team America, I don't do this for profit. It's all out of pocket, nothing flashy, but it's real deal information from inside sources like Mike and others. Um, we're going to do a special broadcast uh, coming up in December uh, to celebrate and talk about Commander Joe Price, who died mysteriously in Afghanistan, and uh, follow some of our, our, our thoughts and get some of the uh, thoughts of his fellow teammates. Many don't believe that he, that he committed suicide that night, but we are going to bring to light and keep that story going till there's justice for Commander Price. Mike, thank you so much, sir. You have a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And again, uh, thank you for, again for coming on today's program. We've, we've really enjoyed it, sir. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, have a great, uh, uh, happy new year and a Merry Christmas yourself. Thank you, sir. From First Team America Patriot Network, we're signing off.